بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائد الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد We all like stories Yeah? No? Yeah, we all like stories The Quran mentions many stories Allah mentions many stories in the Quran And when someone tells a story Nazim Bhai yesterday I met him He's come back from Umrah I'm sure he's got loads of stories to tell If he tells me a story and I'm wondering, I wonder why he told me this story. And I go to Imran over here. I said, why did he tell me this story? He's going to ask him, right? A lot of times in life, we go through things where someone tells you something and then we go and ask somebody else, why did he say that? Why did he do that? Do we ever get the answer? A lot of the problems that we're going through on a small level in our families, on a community level, on a national level, global level, is someone's doing something and we're trying to get the answer from somebody else. And the simple solution is go to the person concerned and ask them directly. Allah has told us many stories in the Quran and each person is trying to give their own reason or interpretation of why this story is there. The stories in the Quran generally as we understand as Muslims that they are there for reading first of all they are there to be understood they are there to be pondered upon and they are there to be applied but rather than me come up with my own version what if i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself directly oh allah why did you tell us stories in the quran so the one of the most beautiful stories in the quran which allah says ahsan al-qasas the best of stories is the story of yusuf alayhi salam and at the end of this story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, regarding all of the stories he tells us, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ عِبْرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Allah says, the reason I tell you these stories is because of one word. عِبْرَة عِبْرَة It's an عِبْرَة for the people of understanding, the people of knowledge, the people who think and apply their brain. عِبْرَة now, what does this word Ibrah mean? Generally, we say that Ibrah means lesson. That indeed in the stories which have been mentioned in the Quran regarding the prophets and other people, there is a lesson for the people of understanding. Now, just look up this word, this word Ibrah. And it's used in Urdu as well, isn't it? Ibrat, we use in Urdu as well. Arabic Ibrah. And where, is it, where, does it, where does it come from? Abara, Ain, Ba, Ra. In Arabic, what does it mean, Sheikh? Ah, Jazakallah khairan. When you cross, when you go from one place to the other, in Urdu we say ubur karna, to pass by, to cross from one place to another. What does it mean, ibrah? We just say lesson. What does it mean? It means, what does it mean in this context, to pass by or to cross? What it means that this story should now allow me to cross to pass by from ignorance to knowledge. This is what should happen. I should, by hearing this story, it's not just a story I hear. 
It takes me from where? Ignorance to knowledge. From darkness to light. From misguidance to guidance. To a life of disobedience to obedience. This is ibarat. This is real ibarat. This is what it means. Ubur. You're passing from one place to another. Where are we going from? From haram to halal. From wrong to right. From lying to speaking the truth. From cheating to honesty. From living a life of nifaq, going on to leading a life of iman. This is the idea of these stories. And this is the essence we want when we come across these stories to understand these stories in this light. In the very short time that we've got together, we're going to take one story of the Quran and we're going to try and apply this. How we can try and understand Ibrah. We want to take a lesson. For me, we hear the stories and we apply them to other people. When we hear something in a lecture, we think of X, Y, and Z. Oh, I'm going to make that person hear this. Or if she was sitting here, this would have been great. It would have made a lot of sense. But how am I benefiting from this story? And we can benefit each time by using Ibrah, crossing over a bridge from one side to the other. And the story we're going to take is the story of Musa alayhi salam. So Allah asks Musa alayhi salam, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا Musa? Musa, what's in your right hand? What did he say? This is my stick. This is my stick. He didn't say it's a stick. So this is my stick. Right? If I'm sitting in your car and you're giving me a ride one day maybe and I ask you what's this, you're going to say it's a tissue box. Then I go to you, what's this? You say it's my phone. iPhone, like I, my phone. So similarly, Musa alayhi salam is asked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَىٰ Oh Musa, what's in your hand? And Musa alayhi salam doesn't say it's a stick. He says, it's my stick. Showing you that the stick is very important to Musa alayhi salam. And then he begins to explain what he uses a stick for. Allah didn't ask him that. But showing you how important this stick is for Musa alayhi salam, he says, أَتَوَكَّوْ عَلَيْهَا I use this to lean. وَأَهُشُّ بِهَا عَلَىٰ غَنَمِي I use it to strike the trees so that the leaves fall down and my sheep can eat from the leaves. وَلِيَ فِيهَا مَآرِبُ أُخْرَىٰ And Allah, I've got so many things I do with this stick. This stick has got so many features. You know, you start telling somebody about your new phone and going all over. Musa alayhi salam is saying, it's got loads of features. Where do I start? Where do I? It's got many other uses for me. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala listens to him, hears him. You come across somebody and they've got a nice pen. Shining golden pen. You say, oh, nice pen. Where did you get that from? And they tell you, my granddad, when he was passing away, was on the deathbed and he was breathing his last this is what he gave to me and this means a lot to me and every time I've signed something a contract or anything I've always used this pen now does it make sense if you were to say to him throw it away throw it away yeah it's so important to him. you're not gonna say that Musa alayhi salam has just been asked by Allah what is this he said this is my pen my stick 
These are the uses, very important to me. And immediately Allah says, Al-Qiha ya Musa, throw it away. Oh Musa, throw it away. Now if it was you and me, we'd ask so many questions. But because he trusted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will never tell me to do something in my life. He will never tell me to abandon something and cause me harm intentionally. Allah will never tell me to put something away in my life which will not be good. If Allah is all Hakim, He's all knowledgeable, and He's Rahman, He's compassionate, He's Al Wadud, He is loving. And He would only tell me what's best for me. Musa alayhi salam, what He does, what does Musa alayhi salam do? Immediately, Musa alayhi salam, the Quran doesn't say, Thumma al Qaha, then He threw it. Because Thumma, in Arabic, those who understand, it allows for some kind of delay. Quran says, فَأَلْقَاهَا فَأَلْفَوْرِيَا Fa over here is to show immediate response. فَأَلْقَى Allah told him, throw it. He threw it. He threw it away. And what happens? What happened? What happened to the snake? What happened to the stick? Now what happens to the stick comes afterwards. But what Musa salam was throwing down was something halal. It was permissible. It, there was nothing wrong with it. It had many benefits. What we are being told to throw away is that which is haram. It could be our listening to music. It could be our addiction to pornography. It could be dealing with interest. It could be using our tongue in a foul and vulgar way. It could be harming somebody. It could be anything. Whatever it is. Whatever that haram is in my life, I'm being told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, throw it. Musa salam was told to throw it and he threw it straight away. And the next lesson that we learn over here is when you do throw it, sometimes we expect instant gratification. Like if I give up something for Allah's sake immediately, like if a sister thinks, right, if I go into work with a hijab from tomorrow, everything's going to fall into place. Not necessarily. You might even lose your job. Maybe. Right? If you start praying, if you start becoming good, if you start giving up bad habits, you might face problems. You will face problems. I'll tell you, you will. You will. Because it doesn't work. You don't get instant gratification in this world. That's in Jannah, where you're going to pick one fruit from the tree. As soon as you pick it, another one will come. That's Jannah. This world does not have the capacity to give you instant gratification. It doesn't work like that. And that's why we need these stories in the Quran. And we need to approach them in the right way. Musa threw the stick down. Did the stick turn into gold? He did what Allah told him to do. Straight away. He didn't wait. Immediately he threw it down. What happened? Did it turn into gold? Did it become a plate of biryani or something that he could enjoy? Because he did what Allah told him to do. What happened? What happens to the stick? It became a rapid, hasty, moving cobra, a snake. That's not what Musa salam expected. And Musa salam, this was his first test. And on the first time, it's hard. And Musa salam wasn't just a prophet, he was a human being as well. And the Quran tells us that on this first test, it was hard, but after the first test, it's not over. The first test will come in your life. 
Musa succeeded like he's halfway there because he passed the first test. And do you know what we learn from here? Once you've gone past the first test, what comes next? What comes next? Hmm? The next test, the second test. This is what we're learning. This life is all about tests. Once you have the first test, you're going to have now the second test to see how truthful you were in the first test. Allah tells us in the Quran, this is no surprise. This is no surprise. It's so that Allah knows who are the truthful ones and who are the non-truthful ones. So the first test, and you know what? The second test is usually harder than the first one. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Musa alayhi salam, Khudha, go and grab the stick again. Go grab the snake. And Musa alayhi salam is thinking, when he was fine, you told me to throw it away. Now I can see problems in there. You're telling me to grab it. And Musa alayhi salam goes and he grabs it. And when we leave haram for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we'll be tested again. We'll be tested again. We can't expect, remember, no one in this world is rewarded instantly. Even the prophets. I give you an example. Yusuf salam was tested by the seduction of the woman. And what happened? He passed. Did he fall for the woman? No. But what happened? He went into jail. Test number two. It's not as if he, he freed himself from this and now he's sitting on the throne. No. Now a second test has come, which is harder than the first one. We see Ibrahim alayhi salam. He was tested with all of these idols and idol worship all around him. And he was tested to the maximum. And he passed the test. Why? Because he went and smashed all of the idols. Where did he end up? Being thrown into the fire. So another test came his way. We find that the magicians at the time of Musa alayhi salam, they had a huge test. And the huge test was, they were, they were able to overcome it. They fell into sajda. Amanna bi Rabbi Musa wa Harun. We believe in the Lord of Musa and Harun. They accepted Islam straight away. And what happened? Did they get instant gratification immediately? No, they were crucified on the trees, Quran says. The first test came, followed by the first test will be the second test. And the second test will be harder than the first test. But what we do learn from these stories, that if we persevere the first time, although the second test will be harder, although the second test will be harder, we'll be able to manage it more easier. And this is what we see in the Quran. When Musa alayhi salam, he faced the first test. And Allah's already told us, this is no surprise. Allah told us, He's going to test us with a lack of loss of wealth, loss of life, diseases, tragedies, having problems in your marriages, disobedient children, having somebody that's going to make your life hell for you. These are all tests Allah has already told us. I am going to be testing. This is no surprise for a Muslim, for a mu'min. This is no surprise. Where do we find it's all in the Quran? All in the Quran, Allah said, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصٍ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنْفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ What do they say? قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَجِعُونَ This is no surprise. 
And what we learn as the tests go along, they get harder. But internally, you learn that Allah is sending these tests to me to make me a stronger person. Look at this example. When Musa salam was told to throw down the stick and it became a snake. Do you know what the Quran, what did Musa do? you know what his reaction was? What was his reaction? What was his reaction? You've heard this story before. What was his reaction? He ran away. Quran says. He ran away so fast and the Quran, he didn't even look back. He didn't even look back. He didn't even, he for, forget my stick. I don't want it anymore. The first time the test will come, it will feel like this. But if we persevere, do what Allah wants us to do and give it up. Something is haram, it's a test. You give it up. It will be very difficult in the beginning. The cravings will become even more. The problems around you might increase. People might become even more hostile. But if you persevere, when the second test comes, now look at this. When Musa salam is now sent, a greater test. Thousands of magicians. Thousands of magicians and Musa salam now had to combat thousands of magicians. And do you know how great these magicians were? Allah, who is Azim, He says, They came with huge magic. This was huge. Allah is calling it huge. So no small test. This test was before Musa salam faced one snake. And what did he do? He ran for his life. He didn't even look back. On this occasion now, he's facing thousands of magicians. And they throw down their sticks and their ropes and they all become dazzling snakes. It appears that they are snakes and Allah tells him, don't worry, throw your stick down and it's going to swallow all of them. What was Musa salam's reaction on this occasion? The first time, what did he do? He ran and he didn't even look back. So externally, you could see fear and internally, there was a lot of fear as well. On this occasion, Quran says, when he faced the magicians, فَأَوْجَسَ فِي نَفْسِهِ خِيفَةً Quran says, Musa salam felt fear inside, in his nafs. Outwardly, he was standing brave. No movement. But Allah knows what's happening inside. Can you see the upgrade already? This is what happens when you get tested and you go through the test and you persevere. Already he's an upgrade. The first, the second test is harder than the first one. But he's managing it so much better. Because on the second occasion, he doesn't run. He's still there. Inside and Allah says, La takhaf. Musa, don't be scared. Innaka antal a'la. You're going to be the winner. You're going to supersede. You're going to be victorious here. And now comes the third test. And the third test is even more difficult than the second one. What happens now? The Bani Israel with Musa salam, they managed to escape from Fir'aun and his army. However, now they come to a stage where the sea is in front. The ocean is in front. The army is behind. And the people of Musa salam says, Inna lamudrakun. We've been caught now. Where can we go? Musa, before you came, we were in, in a total mess. They gave us a hard time. After you came, they're still giving us a hard time. And when we were there, he was punishing us. Now we're running away. He's going to punish us even more. 
we've had it. And what did Musa say on this occasion? On this occasion, externally he was firm. Internally he was firm. And what did he say? Kalla, inna ma'ya rabbi sayahdeen. Although this was the hardest test in his life, he said, no. My Allah is with me. He's going to guide me through it. I've done it once before. I've done it twice before. And I've seen the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Despite how difficult it is, I know if I give something up for the sake of Allah, Allah will always help me. Even though I might not see the result of it the way I want to see it. And the same stick comes into power now. Allah says, throw your stick down. You know what happens? When he throws that stick down, the paths part in the sea and they're able to cross over. The message here is, it was the same stick again and again. The stick was used in the beginning. It was used in the middle. It was used in the end. And what Allah is giving a message to you and me is, if you give something up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will open doors up for you. Allah will, He will, He will do it. Our problem is trusting in the promise of Allah. Trusting in Allah's promise. If I tell you, for example, if I sell Brother Yamin here, take this, hand it to that person, and he's going to give you a slap, right? Bear with me. And then go to the person in the back row, and he's going to kick you. And then go to the person next to the door, and he's going to swear at you. And But then outside the masjid, there's someone, give it to them, they're going to give you a million pounds. He won't think about the slap and the kick and the swearing. He's going to think, regardless, I'll go through all of this. But at the end of it, I'm going to get a million pounds. It's no surprise that will be tested. You know, the tests come in my life and I lose it. But Allah has already told us that you're here to be tested. Testing is the default position of this world. Being tested is the default position of this world. If things are going well for you, it's a bonus. Remember this. If things are going well, it's a bonus. We are here to be tested. We should expect to be tested. We ask Allah for afiyah always. Allah keep us with afiyah. Grant us ease. Make things easy for us. Don't make things difficult for us. However, if a test comes your way, know that this is what's meant to be happening. This is not abnormal. Allah is not choosing to blame you for something. Allah hasn't chose you to punish you. Allah's not uh, picking you or bullying on you. No, let's not think of it like that. We're here to be tested. And the lives of the prophets were full of tests. And as we can see, if we go through it the way Allah wants us to, internally it will make us stronger. And each time we go through it, we'll become more and more stronger. Now, this story, this story, we've heard it, right? We've heard it many times before. How many times have we heard this story? But maybe we didn't see in this light. We didn't understand it with this kind of understanding. Do you know why? One of the reasons why we don't understand the Quranic stories is because the lack of contemplation, which in Arabic we call tadabbur, contemplation. We need to contemplate on the story. Where does contemplation happen? In the eyes? Where does contemplation happen? When you're reading the Quran, does it happen with your eyes? You have to be looking inside and we start contemplating with our eyes. Or does it happen in the ears? By listening to the Quran. Where does contemplation, or is it with the tongue? With our recitation. Where does contemplation happen? Where? Where does contemplation happen? 
Okay, the brain, brain or the heart. Heart, Quran tells us. Quran tells us it's in the heart. Quran tells us. Where was the Quran revealed? Nazala bihir ruhul amin ala qalbik. Ruhul Amin Jibril came down with the Quran where to the directly to the heart of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah asks a question. He says, Quran." Don't these people contemplate on the Quran? Amalakulubinakfaluha. Or are there locks on their hearts? Are their hearts blocked? If I was to get plastic and cover my tongue with it. If I was to cover it all with plastic, right? I've covered the whole thing. And now I'm tasting honey, vinegar, salt, sugar. Will I taste any of them? Why? Because it's blocked. What I've done over the last so many months and so many years of my life is I've blocked my heart. How? The Prophet ﷺ has said, when I commit a sin, a black dot appears on my heart. When I commit another sin, another black dot appears. When I commit another sin, another black dot appears. And eventually what happens, that blocks the heart. Now we're hearing Quran, we're hearing the stories, and I'm saying this specifically why Ramadan is around the corner. Ramadan's around the corner. How long is the left? Less than 20 days? So it's literally around the corner. It's going to start in a flash without us realizing. It's the month of the Quran. We're going to hear all of these stories and all of these lectures and all of this recitation. But if I've still got a block on my heart, Ramadan coming is not going to unblock it. I'll tell you that much. Ramadan coming is not going to unblock the heart. If the heart is blocked, it will remain blocked until we unblock it. I have to unblock my heart. I have to. I have to unblock my heart. I have to cleanse it. So that when the month of Ramadan comes in about 20 days time, I am ready to receive the guidance from Allah. Why is it we hear so many lectures? We hear so many talks, so many advices, so much recite. We have the best of Quran reciters coming, especially here in our masjid. We're blessed to have so many reciters. Yet we listen, but it's not doing anything for us. Why? because of the blocks. We need to learn to unblock the heart so we can contemplate and take lessons from the Quran. Now, how are we going to remove the block? Now, I'm going to invite you. The way we unblock the heart is by making tawbah, by turning to Allah. And doing it alone sometimes can be very lonely because you feel you're the only one. So collectively, I'm inviting all of you. Monday coming is the 15th of Sha'ban. This is the introduction to Ramadan. This is a day when we see in our masjid, especially it feels like Ramadan. And then everyone goes back and then Ramadan comes again. So I'm inviting you, inshallah, we have a very special event for this purpose. How we can unblock our heart. We're going to spend about an hour or something together. Have a little discussion and spend time in reciting Quran, doing some dhikr and then turning to Allah in repentance collectively and individually. Brothers, sisters, children all welcome because i need it you need it we all need it otherwise we're gonna waste another ramadan how many ramadans have gone already and we've we've entered ramadan and come out of it exactly the same or even worse should i say who wants that to happen again we don't want that to happen again the, 
primary reason Ramadan comes with all of his blessings and all of his glory. And Alhamdulillah, everybody does the fasting, does the recitation, does the taraweeh, does the dua and the sadaqah. But it's not going in because it's blocked. Let's learn to unblock it. And it's simple. It's not difficult. You can unblock it anytime. But because we've got so many distractions, I feel this event will be a turning point for all of us inshallah. So I request you all, note it in your diaries, whatever happens, Monday, Isha Salah is at 7.19 p.m. in this masjid. Please make an effort to attend. Everybody you see, everybody you know, pass on the message. Monday, we need to be at Masjid Al-Fala. Brothers, sisters, children, everybody invited. And the more of us turn to Allah and we beg Him for His mercy, we cry for our sins. We can expect him to shower his mercy on us, on our entire community, inshallah, so that he can guide us to enjoy a prosperous and a productive Ramadan. Everyone's going to be here, inshallah. Monday after Isha Salah, everybody is invited. Jazakumullah khairan wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alam.